and welcome to Books Unbound, the podcast where we unbind books to get to their hearts with your hosts, me, Raylene, and me, it's Ariel. Woohoo! Oh man, we are happy to be back it, yet again. It feels good. It feels good. It's going to be really fun. Before we jump in to our new style episode, Ariel has three messages for our audience. <laughs> um, so take it away, Ariel. All right. Well, first up, and most importantly for sure, is that uh, we're back and it feels good to be back. We have had so many wonderful messages from our listeners um, on Instagram and via email and via our Patreon saying like very lovely things. And it just, you know, it fills our heart with joy to be back and to, to like feel like we're back in the community. Um, that being said, we have received a few messages from people asking us to address um, the reading rush and how the reading rush ended. Um, and so we're here to say we have addressed it. We really would love for you all to go to the reading rush page if you're curious about our thoughts because we addressed it very thoughtfully. Um, we put a lot of care into mm -hmm. our reply. Um, we really took our time with crafting a good reply. We made sure that we had lots of conversations with a wide variety of people to make sure that that reply um, was thoughtful and was thought out because we really care about our community. We care about our listeners um, and we care about helping to make our podcast diverse. Now, here's something that's pretty fun. Raylene is white and I am half white. So that the integral like little nugget of that is never going to change. Mm -hmm. um, but we can do a lot in the books that we talk about. And, um, you know, we've talked about this in other episodes in the past, how we like want to mention as as much diverse uh, books as we can and diverse authors. But the truth of the matter is also that, you know, we only read a certain amount of books in a year. I read maybe, say, 50 books in a year. You read maybe 150 books in a year. Um, and that's going to range. It's, it's just a person reading. That's what this podcast is. So we're mm -hmm. going to try our best to keep it diverse. But at the same time, it's just our reading. So we're, we're going we're gonna to do our best. Um, so, yeah. So if you want to know our thoughts, please, we have shared them. We're not trying to, we're not trying to hide. There was a couple of conspiracy theorists out there, really. Oh, my God. <laughs> They were like, they're clearly trying to hide. And we're like, no, we're not. <laughs> what do you mean, man? No, we're really we're, not. <laughs> we're, we're right here. It's you and me, the listener. It's the listener and us. And uh, we're really not trying to hide. There's nothing to hide from, I don't think. Um, we had a couple missteps. And if we hurt anyone, we definitely are uh, very sorry. And we're going to try our best to make sure that uh, we're thinking every step of the way to be the best podcast host that we can be. Mm -hmm. Um and 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 I don't know what else we can say, you know. I, I think some people definitely want us to to keep talking about it for the rest of our lives, and unfortunately, that's not possible. I'm Just not, not possible. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna do our best. I think that that's uh, that's more important. Do learning a lesson and moving forward and carrying that with you. That's the best that a human can do, in my opinion. Hundred percent. So that's our plan. That's our plan. We're gonna move forward, doing the best that we can. Um. My second note is that we got a couple of messages from offline people from from oh, the spreadsheet. Some more. From the spreadsheet. Yes. So we got two more. Um, the first one comes from Ansh, and she says, "Initially, I reached out to my phone a lot. 
to look for social media icons that weren't there relatable. But after a while, it just felt relaxing. I finished a book every two days. Not very big books, but three to uh, 500 pages. Also, glad that you're back with the podcast. Well, I didn't mean to read that line, but (laughs) it's always nice to hear. (laughs) That's nice. Um, Yeah, I agree with that. For the first few days of, like, shifting your uh, online life, you go to your phone looking for those apps because it becomes a habit. Um, I've even noticed some people who are like, if you don't want to, like, delete the Instagram app from your phone, even just moving it from where it is yeah. on your home screen. Can I put mine onto my second page instead of being on the first page of my home screen. Yeah. So that I and don't then, see it unless I scroll, which I never, I still haven't gone on it. <laughs> like, I just exactly. don't feel the need to. Exactly. It's it's about making it, um, it's about breaking the mindless habit, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you maybe you want to go on there mindfully and you want to, you know, go on there, check something, be on there for 10 minutes or whatever. But if it's just in kind of a place where you automatically keep checking it without even thinking because you're bored and your brain knows if I do this swipe, click, mm-hmm. then you are entertained, that's where the where that's where the bad habit comes in. Yeah. Um and our second message comes from oh, a name I don't know how to pronounce. It's very Irish looking. I think it's Derig? Der Dara? Dara McCormick. Derek, it's got a GH at the end, and that's what's really thrown me off. (laughs) I wish I could help you. Um, He says, (laughs) he says, I read Digital Minimalism halfway through the month, and it changed my life. Thanks, Ariel and Raylene. So I immediately went about starting my digital declutter, which nicely coincided with hashtag books unbound offline. My life now is less performative and anxiety ridden and I've ended up forging more meaningful connections with people because instead of sharing something on Instagram, I'll reach out directly to the friends I want to share it with, which is exactly what you were saying, right? Yeah. Um, I also no longer feel like a bad friend for not knowing what's going on in a friend's life from following their social media posts. I'm much more comfortable asking, so what have you been up to? I'm much more present and focused. Oh, and I've learned to be okay with missing out. No FOMO anymore. Just mo, And that's okay. <laughs> just missing out. And that's okay. I, I love, love that. that. No more FOMO. Just mo. <laughs> that's adorable. Um, so again, if you want to share your experiences of being offline, uh, we'd love to hear them. For the next few weeks, I'm happy to keep sharing a couple at the top of the mm-hmm. episodes. I still feel like I'm um, offline, so I feel like it's a relevant discussion to just keep on talking yeah, about Yeah, exactly. I honestly don't think I'll ever go back online in the way that I was Me before. Neither. It just feels better to not. Um, so you can go to our website, booksunboundpodcast.com, and... Yeah, there's a button at the top if you want to share your thoughts of being offline or if you've ever taken a week offline or, or a month offline. What did you think of that? Or if you're scared to do it. Um, we're slowly becoming advocates of not being on I the know, internet. I know. Right? I really kind enjoy of ironic it. Because our podcast <laughs> is, a, is on the internet. <laughs> I know. It's kind of ironic. Um, okay. My third and final note. Very important. It was shared to us by Cameo Volk. Um, she says, P.S. <laughs> I remember you guys talking about not being able to watch Looking for Alaska because it was not available in Canada. However, I found out that it is available through CBC along with normal people. Sorry if you already knew. 
I don't Again, know. Again, thank you from the island. Which island? I think I missed what island. But, dude, Cameo has pulled through. We now have a way to watch Looking for Alaska and Normal People. And I went online to double check, and it's totally there. Apparently, CBC has something called Gem. I've never hmm. heard of it. I don't... CBC is making up a lot of stuff all of the time. <laughs> They're but, crazy people. <laughs> they, but they have this, like, streaming thing called Gem. And that's where they've shared oh, Looking for Alaska. Oh my god. I was just thinking yesterday that I want to reread Looking for Alaska soon. So maybe I'll have to do that and then watch it. Mm-hmm. Because it, it just occurred to me yesterday. I was like, it's been a long time, man. So that's our news. I mean, my news. That's my news. I had a lot of news at the top here. <laughs> Yeah, wow. Uh, Man, well. I think it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So I guess we can kind of explain what this episode is going to be. It's going to be a little different like we talked about in our last episode. Totally. This episode is going to be all about recommendations. We yes. have four different um, recommendation requests that we're going to answer in this episode rather than the two we would normally do each week. Mm -hmm. um, we've kind of boosted it so that every <laughs> two weeks you get four. Um, so yeah, we're going to do it. We picked four. Ariel and I each have a kind of special one that we're each going to only answer individually, but the other ones we will answer together. And uh, otherwise, it's all going to work the exact same <laughs> as the way the podcast was before. We're just hoping to be able to kind of talk more about the book since we have more time now yeah. um, in this individual episode. So Shall we take it away? I'll, I think I'll start. I'll start with the first recommendation request, the one that is solely mine, because okay. you've been talking too much. Oh. It's my turn to shine. Okay. <clears throat> so. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's time to jump right into the recommendations here. So I have. We have each selected two. Um, yep. And so we have four total to answer. And so it's basically the exact same as what we would normally get from our episodes, just kind of spread out, like we said in the last episode. Mm -hmm. um, so the first one is one from Brooke that's only for me to answer, which you will shortly see why. So I'll just <laughs> jump right into it. <clears throat> she says, Raylene, I know you read Stephen King. Where would you recommend a new person to King to start with his work? I'm currently a little overwhelmed since he has so many iconic works, but I am open to start anywhere except it or the stand because they are <laughs> <laughs> and that's fair that's really good that is i fair. like this question actually because i have this question i read one book by stephen king on mm -hmm. on writing loved it but it's not one of his novels so i don't really feel like i've read stephen king stephen king right you know and i'm yeah, like definitely too scared different. to start there's too many yeah so i i've selected three books that i think are all good starting points for stephen king newbies um I'll also just let you know what the first Stephen King book I read was and if I thought it was a good start. Mm. Um, the first book by Stephen King I ever read was Carrie because I was yes. a teenager when I started. Like I wanted to get into his books and I was like, this seems like a good starting point for a teenager because it's about a teenager. Yeah. Um, but it's also his first book. Yes. And I think it is definitely uh, reflective of that. Okay. I feel like he has gotten way better since then. I just thought it was a strange strange book strangely written which is also partly just his style which i didn't know obviously going into it i was like this is a very weird book um so i don't necessarily think carrie is a good place to start that's but, interesting because that's the yeah. first book i bought by him like i own carrie because i was like maybe right? i'll just start at the beginning yeah i bought carrie and the stand and then i didn't read the stand for like 10 years after i first <laughs> bought it because i was like this is scary it's huge what the heck why did i buy this um and I've, obviously there's lots of his huge iconic works like the shining and salem's lot but i also don't think those are good starting points because they're also very 
kind of strange and slow and i don't think they're a good place to start if you've never mm. read stephen king before so um on that note i think one that's really good to start with is mr mercedes because okay. this one is different from his other books but obviously still has his same flavor it's more of a mystery like detective thriller right. rather than horror um it follows two different main characters and one of them is a retired detective who's now kind of a sad alcoholic has no reason to live essentially he's a very sad man and he gets a message from this killer who basically a couple years before he committed this crime that killed a bunch of people and um, the detective Bill Hodges wasn't able to figure out who he was and so it's kind of haunted him for a long time like he doesn't know who this guy is he was never able to catch him before he retired and he hates that and then this guy reaches out to him and is like haha I'm still out there kind of taunting him and then the chase kind of begins again but he's no longer on the police force so he doesn't have the same resources he right, isn't a cop so he shouldn't be you know hunting down this guy but this kind of what's going on and it jumps back and forth between Bill Hodges the retired detective and Brady who is the guy who is the secret killer and so you get to see into his mind and see what's going on in his world and the way that they're kind of playing a game of cat and mouse back and forth you get to see what's happening on both ends which is so interesting and I found Hmm. it so hard to put this book down so I feel like if you want something that's a very gripping story like Stephen King is really good at writing story like he Mm -hmm. has a good plot and he's so good at that so I highly recommend that if that sounds interesting at all. If you're looking for something a little more Stephen Kingy in that it's kind of horror and kind of weird, I would say The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon is another oh. good starting point. This one is really short, which is one good thing mm-hmm. about it if you're kind of nervous to jump in. It's 300 pages long, but like the font is huge, so it's probably more like 200 pages. It's pretty mm-hmm. small. Um <clears throat> And this one is about a nine-year-old girl named Trisha who is out on a hike with her mom and brother and she just starts getting annoyed by them and so she wanders off into the forest by herself. Of course. (laughs) And then, of course, she gets lost. So this whole story is about her being out in the wilderness with no resources. She's nine and she has to try to survive. But there is like an ominous presence that kind of seems to be around her and she doesn't know exactly what it is, but she's scared of it and she's trying to avoid it at all costs. So it has like a very like low key type of weird thing going on. Like a lot of Stephen King's books have huge supernatural strangeness that kind of just explodes throughout the book and this one is more of like a slow burn to the weird supernatural so Mm. i think that that's another good like entryway in because some of his books are just super super strange and those aren't necessarily a good place to start (laughs) um but the last one i'm going to recommend is actually the most recent one that i read by him um last month i read the institute which is one of his newer books yeah and this one was super good i feel like this one is about basically kids who have different powers that get kidnapped to stay in this institute for nefarious purposes. You don't know why the people there want them, but they have some kind of grander plan Mm. for these kids. And so the main character is this boy named Luke and he's 11 or 12 and he's super smart and he has a mysterious power. I won't tell you what the powers are because it's fun to discover for yourself. But yeah, so he gets taken to the institute where 
he wakes up in a room that looks just like his room and there's all these other kids there who've also been there for a while and they perform tests on them but the kids don't know why they don't know what's going on um so it's actually this book reminds me a bit of the anime the promised neverland so if anybody has watched that and wants something kind of similar this book definitely fits into that it's also kind of like stranger things ish because it's got kids with powers who are trying to like break through the system and like the adults are bad and it's just cool <laughs> it's really cool so those are kind of my top three beginners off the top of my head i also always recommend the long walk obviously but i've talked about yes. that quite a bit so yeah i was like let's see if i can come up with something else <laughs> so yeah that that was mine do you want to read your solo recommendation next i will do it okay mine comes from Marissa. By the way, Raylene, I think I should say that of all the ones you mentioned, I think I would want to start with the long road. Was that what it was called? The long the walk. The long <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that would be a good starting point for you too, because it is, yeah. like I've said before, it's kind of like the Hunger Games, but just exactly. like a little bit more brutal and gory. Exactly. Well, mine comes from Erica. Uh, here we go. Hi, lovelies. Ariel. It's like, we should talk to both of us for one second, and now it's back to me. Ariel, like you, I am mixed race. I'm half Filipino and half white, and have lived in California my whole life. I'm looking for a book that has a main character that's mixed race like me, ideally in their 20s and part Filipino. I'm gonna tell you right now, I have not read any books with half Filipino characters, so I'm letting you down right off the bat. Um... <laughs> I tend to read YA, but I'm open to any genre. Thanks. You two are wonderful, and I love the podcast. Thank you so much, Erica. Okay, this is exciting. And actually, this is something we have talked about a bit on the podcast before, mixed race characters mm -hmm. in books and stuff. Um, I'm going to be quite honest with you here. It's hard to find them. And this is as yeah. a person who is mixed race, so I'm, like, looking for them. You know yeah. what I mean? Um... I have definitely read a few characters in YA that are mixed raced in the past and the characterization was anywhere from whatever to pretty good. It was kind of like yeah. <laughs> in Radio Silence, for example, which you just read. So that's why yeah. it came to mind. The main character is mixed race, but it's just not very important to the plot, which is totally no, fine. True. Like a lot of the stuff that happens in my life has nothing to do with the fact that I'm mixed race, as you can imagine, Raylene. Mm -hmm. um, it's like <laughs> deciding which college to go to. I didn't I didn't consider like, oh, I'm mixed race. So like when the character in Radio Silence is like thinking about school stuff, I'm like not surprised that mixed race didn't come into it um so yeah so there are books like that and i do really recommend radio silence but it's uh, um how do i say this really and there's something <laughs> very weird about being mixed race <laughs> i bet um it's very it's not con well it is a little confusing it's 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 very isolating i think is what it is because you don't feel like you particularly belong anywhere. You don't feel like you're part of a club. <laughs> you're not part mm -hmm. of... Um, I've had this experience before where I'll like stand, I'll stand or sit or whatever and I realize I'm, in a, I'm with a group of friends and they're all white. And I don't feel like I fit in. I don't feel like I'm the same as everyone around me. Mm -hmm. And then I'll be in a group like of all Latinos and I don't feel like I'm like them so it's like no matter the the only two there was one time in my life that i was hanging out with two mixed race friends of mine yeah and they're we're not even the same mix like one of my friends is half white half thai the other friend was half white half filipino and i was half white half latino and 
so we're not even like the we're not the same blend <laughs> um but like if that was the first time that I ever in my life felt like I was around people that were the same as me mm-hmm. and we were it was so funny like we, we were able to make so many jokes that other people wouldn't get and yeah. I was like hey this is this is fun so I really do understand wanting to find those books and I haven't found a very, I haven't found one. I have not found one that I'm like, this is the book. This is the mixed race book that I'm excited for everyone to read and I'm going to recommend it till I die. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to share three books that I recently bought that are all about being mixed race that I am planning to read over the next month or two. Um, And I've already started the first one. So the first one you talked about in the last episode, It's Passing oh, by yeah. Nella Larson. So I started reading this the other day. Um, did I talk about how I'm being evicted last yeah. week? <laughs> <laughs> so um, for all those who are tuning in, uh, we're being evicted, not because of anything we did, but our landlord is deciding to sell the house. So we're being asked to leave. <laughs> um, honestly, and so, like, we're just the tenants, right? But people keep coming by our house. Like, we all have to leave our house. During COVID, we all have to leave our house while strangers peruse our rooms. And then they all leave. And so for, like, an hour at a time, we all just leave. And we're all just, like, waiting. I literally just get in my car. I drive one minute down the road. I park. I wait for an hour. Then I freaking drive back and, and desanitize all the door handles. It's a nightmare. Um regardless so i was like doing that and i started reading passing Mm. and i'm really really enjoying it it's very quick it's very like um like i wasn't i didn't read for very long and i was already like a quarter into the book you know it's oh i mean it's already not it's not a very long book it's only like 150 pages or something but still and there was this one little passage that i wanted to read because it really it hit me good (laughs) Here we go. Okay. So this isn't a spoiler. She's sitting somewhere and she's, there's a person who keeps staring at her and she's like, oh shit, do they know that I'm, and I'm using her words here. Um, she's scared. Like I'll, I'm going to just read the quote. Did that woman, could that woman somehow know that here before her very eyes on the roof of the Drayton sat a Negro? And I was like, oh, okay. So she's really mm-hmm. scared because she passes as white most of the time. But she's scared yeah. that they can tell that she's a person of color. And so then she reads, absurd, impossible. White people were so stupid about such things. For all that they usually asserted that they were able to tell. And by the most ridiculous means, fingernails, palms of hands, shapes of ears, teeth, and other sequ- equally silly rot. They always took her for an Italian, a Spaniard, a Mexican, or a gypsy, which of course now is a slur, but this book was written back in the Mm -hmm. 20s. Um, Never, when she was alone, had they even remotely seemed to suspect that she was a Negro. No, the woman sitting there staring at her couldn't possibly know. Nevertheless, Irene felt in turn anger, scorn, and fear slide over her. It wasn't that she was ashamed of being a Negro, or even of having it declared. It was the idea of being ejected from any place, even in the polite and tactful way in which the Drayton, the restaurant that she's at, would probably do it, that disturbed her. So I feel like that's a really good little sample Mm -hmm. of 
how freaking stressful it is for this main character to be like am my is my identity on the verge of being outed in a way that's gonna like make my life really difficult so yes like i said this book is set in the 20s and it's about a character who um is half black but she passes as white um but she's living like in the black community in harlem um And she's, like, happy being a part of the black community. But she runs into an old friend of hers that she went to school with who is also half black, who is passing as white, living in a white community, married to a white man who doesn't know she comes from um, a black community. So it's very stressful, but in a, like, in a very intriguing, Mm -hmm. interesting way. So that's my historical pick. Next up, my recent release, The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. So you just gave me this book. Woo! Mm-hmm. Um, thank you very much. So this, um, I think I talked about it in the last episode, but it says the these sisters uh, will always be identical, but after growing up together in a small southern black community and running away at age 16, it's not just the shape of their daily lives that is different as adults. It's everything, including their racial identities. So two sisters, twins, mixed race, and they're both living very different lives. So this one is, um, it says weaving together multiple strands and generations from the deep South to California from the 1950s to the 1990s. So that sounds cool. Mm -hmm. And then my final one is I'm obsessed with this cover. I want people to look up this cover because it's so cool. The book is called Caucasia. It's by Danzy Senna. I've never heard that name before. Danzy? D-A-N-Z-Y. Danzy. Um, Again, very similar. (laughs) They all sound the same, but they're they're all different stories. Birdie and Cole are the daughters of a black father and a white mother, intellectuals and activists in the civil rights movement in 1970s Boston. The sisters are so close that they speak their own language, yet Birdie, with her light skin and straight hair, is often mistaken for white. Um, so then their mar- their parents' marriage collapses, and, um, soon Birdie and her mother are on the road as well, drifting across the country in search of a new home, but for Birdie, home will always be her sister. So, her sister passes away, and it's about, like, about your racial identity and how that's tied to your family, hmm, which I think- interesting. It's also really interesting. I, I, I often wonder what it's like when you look at your parents and you look like your parents, like- mixed race people don't look like their parents they kind of look like a bit of your you know obviously you can tell that my parents are my parents but i'm not brown like my mom and i'm not white like my dad so i'm always like oh these cute families when they're all like the same color (laughs) i'm like that's really nice um (laughs) but yeah i think it's really interesting so these are all obviously books um where the characters are half white half black i find that to be the most most published um mixed race uh representation that i ever find which is sad because i'm obviously half latino and so it is different and it would be fun to read from that perspective Mm -hmm. a bit more and i was looking it up and i was like maybe there's even though i was like i don't think this is the case maybe there's less latino people in america than there are um black people in america so maybe that's why i looked it up there's a um a lot more Latino people. Hmm. So I think that this is just one of those situations in which Latino people are criminally underrepresented. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say it. (laughs) I'll go there. Um, Yeah, I've just noticed that a lot. I'm like, there's so many Latino people in America and their culture is so prevalent and important in the States. Um, 
And it's so sad that they don't show up in publishing very often. That's like, very I don't see them represented very much. So, anyway, I'm still on my lookout for that. Just like Erica, I'm afraid you're still on the lookout for a character that's half Filipino. But maybe one day we'll find them. And in the meanwhile, I'm going to be reading these three. And I'm pretty excited about it. All right. That was kind of a long answer, but <laughs> so was mine. You know, it, was my it was my identity, Raylene. <laughs> Um, all right, now it's time for us to do the ones that we're doing together. And I'm excited to hear yours, actually, because this is a cool one. Yeah, so the one I picked is from Marissa, and she says, Ariel and Raylene, I have two questions. We're only going to pick one. Um, feel free to pick the one that you are interested in answering. Uh, one, yeah, we but will. I like the first one, too. If anybody has any recommendations, you should uh, share it on the Discord if you're one of our dust jackets. Um, so first question, oh, yeah. can you recommend a book that covers a lesser known piece of Canadian history? I can't. We were both no. like, So question no. number two, do you have a book that reflected you or understood your inner world? With love from Hawaii. Ooh, I love that. I love finding out where people are from. Yeah, it's fun. I am. Um, I'm dying to go to Hawaii. I think it would be yeah, so I've much fun. There. Me neither. Sounds nice. It does sound nice. <laughs> okay, right, so well, as soon first. as I saw this... Yeah, as soon as I saw this question, I immediately knew which book I wanted to talk about. Oh. Because um, I've only really ever felt myself, like, seen in a book in a specific way this one time. And yeah. that is, and this is going to sound weird, Wonder by R.J. Okay. Palacio. So I love it. This book, Go on. <laughs> yeah. So this book is about a young boy named Augie who is... Going into grade five, he's never gone to public school before because he has grown up with a lot of like medical problems he has a severe deformity and that affects the way he eats affects the way he talks affects a lot of things about his life and um so it's kind of about him and his journey going to school and it's about his family and the thing that i like can relate to about this book is that um augie has an older sister and mm. I personally have a small, uh, a small brother. I was going to call him my small brother. <laughs> I have a little brother who's two and a half years younger than me. And he was born with a cleft palate and cleft lip. So that's also something that Augie has in the book. And mm. that has affected the way he grew up and affected the mm. way I grew up. And I feel like the sister in this book, I related so hard to her because oh, wow. her whole life, like her whole family life is centered around her little brother because he has all these problems. So the parents are always concerned about him. They're always taking him to the doctor. He's getting surgeries, all that kind of stuff. And I went through the exact same thing growing up. Mm. I got, kind of felt like under seen a little bit yeah, like I feel yeah. like it was all about my little brother and it was always like the concern was always for him and she goes through that same kind of struggle it's like oh well uh, you know what who cares about me my problems don't matter kind of thing and right. it was just like whoa oh my god <laughs> I went through the exact same thing that's so, so interesting yeah so I just when I read that book for the first time I was just like what the heck I never thought I would see myself in a book like that and yeah so that that's my answer. Yeah. It's very, very personal. I love that answer. Do you like the movie? Oh, it's so book? good. So oh, good. Oh, okay. I haven't seen it, but I think it was like, I saw it on Netflix. You've got to watch time. it. If Yeah. For anybody who's like, just not interested in reading the book, just give the movie a try because it is just as wonderful as the book, in my opinion. Does it have the sister character yeah. in the yeah. movie? Did you relate to her in the movie? 
Probably. Yeah. I don't really, I don't really remember <laughs> specifically, but yeah, it's great. Cause what I love too about the book and the movies that it shows you the story from lots of different angles. Like you get to see it from the sister's right. perspective and you get to see it from the sister's friend's perspective and you get to see it from right. like a different kid at school. So you kind of get lots of perspectives on the whole situation. It's really cool. That is really cool. Well, gosh, I love that you shared that story cause that is pretty personal, mm-hmm. but um, it's one of those things where it is so powerful when you read about a character that like speaks to your soul, mm-hmm. you know, when you're like, oh, this is <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's hard to find that sometimes. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I really, I don't really go searching for that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think there's a lot of people who are constantly trying to find books that or characters that are like mm-hmm. them, but I don't really, I just kind of stumble upon it sometimes. I think um, but it hasn't happened very often. So the book that I picked might not be a surprise to anybody because I've talked about it a lot, but it's an absolutely remarkable thing mm. by Hank Green. Um, so the, the big giant massive caveat here is that April May is like properly famous. I am not famous at all. <laughs> like I would never say that. That's so cringy. Um, but I don't think it's about being internet famous famous necessarily Mm -hmm. it's just about like being followed by people and like it like having a following of any type it changes the way that you live your life um so yeah when i read this book when like i was saying it was really a surprise that i felt the way that i felt about it because i just thought it was going to be like a fun adventure story i was just here for a fun Mm -hmm. adventure and then what happened was that i had like a whole existential crisis and i was like okay fine hank green i'll deal with my emotions (laughs) um so basically this book i mean i've talked about it loads so i don't want to go too much into it because i'm sure the people are sick of hearing it mainly you raylene you're probably like i know um but this book is about a um alien invasion of sorts that takes place and our main character april may is the first person to make a video about it she stumbles upon this like robot like structure she makes a video about it posts it on youtube and because this whole thing is actually a lot bigger than she thought people are online searching for these for these uh videos for anything about it and they stumble upon hers and it becomes like the most watched video of all time I don't relate to that. I've never even really had a viral hit. That'd be nice. I wouldn't mind a viral hit. Um, But what I do really relate to is how April May starts to think about herself. You know what? I'm going to grab the book because there's a quote. There's a quote I got to read. Alrighty. The most insidious part of fame for April wasn't that other people dehumanized her. It was that she dehumanized herself. She came to see herself not as a person, but as a tool. That quote, I believe I started to cry after I read (laughs) that quote. (laughs) Because all throughout the book, you know, you're hearing these different thoughts and perspectives about what fame does to people, what having a following does to people, what it does to your mental health when your income (laughs) is tied to how much people like you. It's not good. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's not great. And so I've been making content online for 10 years. I ha- My income is completely tied to how much people like me. It's completely tied to how many people follow me. And that's already, that's dark. That's dark mm-hmm. stuff. It's also fun. 
You know, it's cool. It's a, a very neat job. I get really cool experiences and it's it has so many cool perks, which is why I do it. But it's, it's also weird and dark and it can really mess you up. So reading this book, especially obviously because it's written by Hank Green, who obviously has these thoughts all of the yeah. time. It was just the perfect person to write this book. And when I read it, it just hit me so hard. Um, and that's a big reason why I recommend the book so much. Because, yeah, it is fun and it is a good adventure story. But also, like, I relate so much to April, May. And in the second book... Yeah, it book, really hits hard. Yeah, in the second book, you see more of that conversation with Andy, with the with the best friend character. Like, he continues these thoughts and it's like, ah, it's always blowing my mind. So... That's great. Yeah, that was works. fun. That was a cool question. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, our last one comes from Felicia. Felicia says, boring but good. <laughs> I love I'm this returning one. to school. I'm returning to school after a three-year gap year, and I want to be careful about what I read once it starts. Reading is something that brings me a lot of relaxation and joy, so I definitely want to fit it into my routine. However, I don't want a repeat of high school where I couldn't put a book down and had my grades suffer because of it. Do you have any books in mind that would be entertaining and easy to fall into, but not hard to put down if I have a class or studying to do? All right, Raylene, I'm excited to hear what you picked for this. I picked two. I was gonna say I kind have? of picked I kind of picked two. I only brought one of them here, but I just thought of another one that works too. Um, so I'll start with a book that I also just read recently. Um, I read *The Virgin Suicides* by Jeffrey Eugenides. Oh yeah, and this yeah. book, I loved it. It kind of blew my pants off. It was awesome. Um, <laughs> I was not expecting it to be what it was. Like I've seen the movie multiple times throughout my life, and I loved it. Um, but I feel like the book really dives a little deeper and is the way it's written is surprisingly comical at times like some of the lines I would oh, read yeah. I was just like oh Jeffrey Eugenides he's he's scathing man he just like he'll <laughs> say anything and it's amazing um but yeah so it's basically about it focuses on this family of five girls who all commit suicide as teenagers and so it's a very like intense, dark kind of book, but it's interesting because it's told from the perspective of just like the neighborhood boys, like people who know them. They're just kind of a collective we. And so there isn't really a main narrator, which is really cool. Um, mm. And it's just them kind of, you know, they've been obsessed with the Lisbon girls for a long time. They are very fascinated by them because they live a very strange life. Their parents are very strict and don't let them go out. They dress very modestly. They're not allowed to wear makeup, That all that kind of stuff. They have a very controlled life and so the boys and everyone are very just like fascinated by them and and obviously as things start happening and they start committing suicide which is very intense obviously um the boys start focusing on them more and so that's kind of what the whole book is about but it's also like i said it's kind of told in a sometimes light and a funny way so it doesn't it's not too dark when you're reading it and it's it has a very nice like summertime feel to it it mm. makes you think of it has a nostalgic nostalgic feeling of like suburbia and just like if you just stand like in the suburban area and just look at all the houses like that's what this book makes right. me think of and it's but it's like a lot of not much happening so it is kind of a boring uh -huh. book if you think uh -huh. about it like there isn't really a plot per se it's just these people observing these other people yeah. living their lives um so it is kind of boring but 
really good and like there's not a lot of dialogue in this book which normally I am all for dialogue but this book is all just about observation so there's not really a lot of dialogue so it is kind of just like nothing's happening but it's good um so that's my first recommendation and my second one would be The Secret History by Donna Tartt because that book I was gonna I wanted to say this one but I haven't read yeah. it so obviously yeah. I can't but I was like this kind of seems like it would fit it is perfect because while that book does have you know, a plot and kind of a really interesting thriller mystery aspect to it later on in the book, there is a lot of buildup of just like, it's just some, you know, 20 somethings going to school, drinking and having fun. And that's kind of all it is. Like it's, you know, not a lot is really going on. So it is kind of boring, but good. <laughs> really, really good. In fact, that book was crazy good. I've I sped through the last half of it in a day because I just couldn't put it down. So it does kind of have an addictive quality if you're willing to do that. I kind of just decided I wanted to finish it. So I read it really fast. But yeah, it definitely is the type of book that you could be reading for a month because it is quite lengthy yes. and slow. Um, yeah, I think that it's a pretty good recommendation for that. If I do say so myself. Yeah, sick. Well, I have also read The Virgin Suicides, but I read it. I definitely read it when I was too young. Yeah. I was not in the mood for that kind of writing mm -hmm. i think and that kind of plotless thing which now is like my bread and butter but back then yeah. i was like i'm a little bored <laughs> i get um, that so that's definitely one i want to reread for sure but okay here are the ones i picked i've actually thought of three the first one is the miseducation of cameron mm. post by emily m danforth so this is an excellent ya book published a few years ago i forget when it was published um about a girl coming out in a very religious family that is very against her coming out and they send her to a conversion camp isn't that so horrifying this mm -hmm. is one of those things that we'll like tell our grandchildren and we'll be like i, I don't know how we let that happen like how <laughs> we were thought we were conversion past camp? <laughs> yeah. yeah like what the hell um but yeah, so it's, I think it's set in the 90s, right? I think or so, the 80s maybe. even. I can't remember. It, it's like the 80s or 90s, but um, it's a really beautiful book. It's really, it's it's great book. But oh, my big um, thing against this book is that I think it's like 100, 150 pages too long. Yeah. It's a little slow. So I'm like, hey, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is a little slow. It should, I, I think the book would have been a bit stronger if it was a bit faster and a bit shorter. Mm -hmm. um, but because of what it is it seems like it would be perfect actually for felicia um my second choice is a very different book and it is a connecticut yankee in king arthur's court uh, by yeah. mark twain so this is also kind of a longer book it's not that long it's like i don't know 450 or 500 pages it's not like huge but it's kind of a yeah. lot longer for me um and it is a very strange book about, um, well, it's set like a hundred years, more than a hundred years ago, 130 years ago or whatever. Um, and this, this guy who works at a factory, he's like a manager at a factory. He gets hit over the head and he gets sent back to King Arthur's court, um, to like Camelot. And he is like, okay, <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm gonna, and this is what he says. I'm gonna boss it within three months. That's his, like, mission. He's going to try and own the town. And by using science, but 
shrouded as magic. <laughs> He's like, oh, this is magic. <laughs> he uh, he, he kind of does. And it's a very interesting tale. It's very funny. It's very interesting. It's very well written. But it's kind of like just this weird saga. So because of that, it kind of drags out a little bit. So again, I think it might mm -hmm. be perfect because it's not like a super fast-paced book. My third option is a little different, but I honestly think is perfect. Like, this is my okay. main recommendation. Short stories, Felicia. Uh, Short stories. So good. <laughs> yes. So the my favorite collection is A Good Man is Hard to Find. Um, I really, re really recommend A Good Man is Hard to Find. It is such a beautiful collection. It is short stories, um, Flannery O'Connor, and the reason why is because, first of all, it's, it's quite an old book, and so the stories are written in a way that you can't read as fast as you can read modern writing. Mm -hmm. Do you, like, unless you're really used to it. Unless Felicia's always reading books from whenever the hell Flannery O'Connor was writing. I think it's the 30s. Uh, whatever. Like, I want to verify that. One was Flannery O'Connor. I feel like this is a gap in my, in my knowledge. <laughs> hmm. What does Google have to say? Uh, she was alive from 1925 to 1964. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so yeah, so unless you are always reading books from that period, then I think it's gonna, it's just a little slower to read just because the writing is different. But even if the story, you read it really quick, the story ends. Oh, A Good Man is Hard to Find comes out, came out in 1955. Okay. The story ends. And once it ends, there's no, there's no compelling reason to pick up the next story, right? Because they're not related. So you close the book, you put it down, and you do your homework. Um, so that's why I think that a short story collection might really be the right way to go. Um, a Good Man is Hard to Find specifically is just these really compelling... It's a, it's a southern gothic taste to all of these stories. Mm. Um, they're really intense. They have a lot of... I was about, I clicked on it to just see because I haven't read it in a while. And what I was about to say, this Wikipedia article says perfectly. The majority of the stories include jarring, violent scenes <laughs> that make the characters undergo a spiritual change. Which is so true. Like, almost all of the stories have this, like, really crazy moment that changes everything Aww. for the characters. Um, it's a good time. There's good. also, like... This is one of those books where the language is really important. Like, you savor the words and, like, some of the lines are just like, shit, that's a writer. <laughs> wow. Okay, fine. Yeah, you can write better than I can write, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's my rec. Wow. That was good. Rex. I agree with the short story idea. I would recommend, mm -hmm. on that note, I would recommend The yes. Illustrated Man by Ray Bradbury. Yeah. That's a really fun short story collection. They all, every story kind of is centered around Mars in some way or another. Some of them take place on Mars. Some of them just have to do with Mars from a distance. And so mm. it's a very interesting collection. And one of my favorite short stories of all time in that collection is only four pages long and just like hits really hard. And it's only four oh, little yeah. pages long. And I was just like, oh, that's good. So you could just read that and then move on, you know, just read that yeah, one short story yeah. and move on. Um, so yeah, that was really great. Those were... I think 
Yeah. I think Ray Bradbury has a quote where he's like, you should read a short story every night, which is perfect. Like, it doesn't take that long. And for, I mean, specifically for Felicia, who wants to read but doesn't want to get distracted, reading a short story mm-hmm. every night is reading. It's fun. You get a full, like, from beginning to middle to end story, but then it's done. At the most, 20 pages, you know? Totally. I feel like that was a really, uh, smart thing for you to recommend i didn't even think of that didn't even occur thanks, to me man. um yeah, thanks man. well that was lots of fun so those are all of our recommendations for this week in a couple of weeks you'll get another one of these episodes with four more recommendation requests so as always um you can go on our website to submit recommendation requests if you guys have your own that you want to ask us about um feel free to go through there and then uh, maybe we'll answer it um so this has been a book <laughs> no that's it we might there are hundreds so just so you know it might not happen it's very hard for us to pick we have only read so many books <laughs> well that's the end of the episode this has been books unbound with your hosts raylene and ariel this episode was edited by cj Bissett of northernsoundhouse.ca and our community manager is mars grove we are off to record books Unbucket, and this week i'm asking the question and the question that i will be asking you ariel is Oof. if you ever get published what do you want your book cover to look like that oh, is my shit. question for you. It's something that I'm sure people think about a lot. Maybe ah. not. Um, and you'll have to go over to our Patreon to see what Ariel's answer to that question is. So we're off to go record that. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.